going to be in Luke chapter 1. And today I want to talk to you guys about John. Because in Luke, uh, he, he begins by describing the moment or the, uh, the time that happened, the accounts that happened uh, for the birth of John. Of course, we know that John became, was John the Baptist. is referring to John the Baptist. And he was the voice crying out in the wilderness, which was prophesied by Isaiah. And, you know, he made the way clear for, for Jesus. We, we always uh, hear the sermon about John preaching, coming out of the wilderness, and then Jesus coming in to be baptized. So all of that was orchestrated by God. And it begins here also in Luke, uh, in the birth of John, just uh, a few months before Jesus's birth. And it's all connected in, in, in family, family ties and, and ancestry. And it's, it's just amazing. When you look at everything that God did, it's, it's amazing. You, you can see the hand of God working in the lives of these people just the same way He works in our life when we submit to Him. Amen. Glory to God. So let's look at Luke uh, chapter 1, and this is verses 5 through 7. <coughs> and number one, what I want you guys to think about as we read this, <coughs> is that God favors the righteous. Think about that. God favors the righteous. Luke chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. There was, there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias, of the course of Abia, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. So right there it establishes Zacharias, he was of the priestly line, and there were hundreds of priests. There was uh, 24, five, 25 different divisions of priests. He was part of that, hundreds of priests. And here in a minute we'll read about what he was doing in the temple and how important that was and how God orchestrated that he would be the one. Uh, so he was a priest of the course of Abia. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron. If you, if you remember from the Old Testament, the line of Aaron were the Levites and they were the priests in charge of the sacrifices in the tabernacle. So again, their family line coincides to what now happens, how God brings forth our Messiah through this family line that were cousins to Mary. So it's all connected here. It's amazing. Uh, verse 6, And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. So when you look at the word righteous, uh, it, 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 you can... Uh, Summarize that word into these words, consistent in obedience. It also means consistency in obeying God, uh, living by faith, uh, being right with God. You know, Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection made us right before God because Jesus took the debt. He paid the debt that we couldn't pay. So we would made, we were made right with God in that moment. We, would, we were made righteous. So here are these uh, two people, Zacharias and um, Elizabeth, and they were righteous before the Lord. They were doing the Lord's work, and they were both of the line of people that did the Lord's work. And so God chose them to continue in, in their generation to do the Lord's work because their son becomes John the Baptist, which ushers in Jesus. So that's the line of work. Isn't that amazing? When, when God orchestrates things it's generational so here to encourage you this morning i want to just say to you out there if you your family it has a purpose for god for generations all of us do when we submit to god 
then he begins to outline that purpose for our lives. And it's generational. When you submit to God, guess what? Your children and their children's children are blessed through that submission to God that you started right now, or that, you're, that you start right now. Whatever time you begin, you submit to God, your generations are now blessed because now God is going to establish your line as a priestly line, just like Aaron. You, you get to do work for God. You get to work for the Lord. Amen. And so all your generations are blessed and all your generations uh, can be guided through the Holy Spirit to work for the Lord. So that's just an amazing thing to think about uh, when we look at Zacharias and Elizabeth and, and their their part in this, uh, the coming of Jesus and the birth of Jesus. Amen. So they were righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. Uh, verse 7, they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren and they both were now well stricken with years. Oh, wait a minute. Let's let's read it again. They had no child. So, so Alex, you just said the generations are blessed. What What's going on here? They had no kids. How are their generations going to be blessed? Well, here, here's where God intervenes. Here's where he, he shows his power, okay? Because in our inadequacy, in, in our weaknesses, in what we lack, that's where God fills in the gap with the Holy Spirit power, okay? That's where, that's how he shows his, his, his will over our lives. When we don't have the capacity, we don't have the resources, we don't have the talent, whatever you want to call it, we don't have it. It's only through God's power that it happens. And that's what we see here in the beginning of Luke uh, as, it, as it talks about how John came into the picture. Amen? So God favors the righteous. Let's go on to verse 8. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, verse 9, according to the custom of the priest's office, and this is talking about Zechariah, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord, and the whole multitude of the people were praying without at that time of incense. And verse 11, And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. Now, I want to explain something also in these uh, first two verses, uh, right there, 8 9, talking about the priest's office and burning of the incense. Remember I told you that he was of the priestly, he, priest, he was a priest and his, his, he was that priestly line also in his generations. And he got to go burn incense in the temple. Okay, here's here's the really amazing part. This is the God part. There were hundreds of priests, and he got chosen out of all those hundreds of priests. They cast lots to see which priest got to do this. A priest only got to do this once in his lifetime if he was chosen to burn the incense in the temple. It was a very high honor to do this. He was handpicked by God. It was ordained by God that he would be burning incense in the temple so that he would have an encounter with God, okay? So what does that tell us about how God works in our lives as believers? God is orchestrating things even now where he's going to make instances in your life where you're going to have incredible encounters 
with God, through God, through the Holy Spirit, through, through people here on earth that are going to change the course of your life. And if we're obedient to God, if, we're, if we submit to God's grace and favor, and when He comes and He calls us to do something, you better believe we got to jump at that chance because He has ordained that for that time and purpose, just like He did for Zacharias in the priest's office. It could have been anybody, but it was God that chose Him to do it. And it was ordained by God. Amen. So again, God favors the righteous. Righteous meaning consistently obedient to God, living by faith, uh, being right with God. So, so if we're if we're committed to God and if we're under Jesus's grace, we have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We're forgiven of our sins. Now we get connected, grafted in into this line of priests, this, this line of blessing. And God wants to carry that all the way through your generations. It goes way beyond you, beyond, beyond your kids, your kids' kids, your great-great-grandkids. It will go beyond all that because of what you establish in faith through Jesus and through God's ordinance in your life. It's, it's an amazing thing what God does in our life. And He shows us that here and the account of John and Jesus. I mean, it's just an amazing thing how everything just works together. Amen? Glory to God. Uh, now let's look at Luke uh, chapter 1. Now look at verses 12 through 17. 12 through 17. So God has a purpose for your life. This is number 2. God has a purpose for your life. And we're either going to be uh, planters or sowers. Where we might be just uh, a small part of that plan, big or small, no matter what. If you're part of God's plan, it's a big deal. And if we're obedient, it produces fruit for generations. Glory to God. Um, verse 13. But the angel said unto him, The angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John, and, and let me stop there. It's a, he, he, the angel says, your prayer has been heard. So going back to that burning of incense and, and the temple. So the priests would burn incense. They would go in the temple. They would be there from 9, 9 a.m. Uh, from 9 a.m. in the morning all the way to 3 p.m. in the afternoon. That's a full day, right? He was there praying, burning incense to God, just praying. And the prayer was to... Uh, for, for Israel, the priest would pray for Israel to for the redeeming of the Lord, right? And so when Zechariah says, your prayer has been heard, he said, hey, the time has come and Israel is going to be redeemed by, by their great king of kings, Lord of Lord, the Messiah, right? This is what he was talking about. But he also says, you're going to have a child. So in that blessing comes this blessing and, and Zechariah uh, is listening to this uh, the, the uh, angel Gabriel tell him what's about to happen. And he said, you're going to call his name John. And when you, when you look at the word John, that means Jehovah shows favor. Or you can say the Lord is gracious because favor or grace are also uh, synonyms when they're translated. So Jehovah shows favor. God shows favor. God shows grace. The Lord is gracious. That's what the word John means. So his name establishes what God was doing at this time. How is God going to show us grace? How did God, Jehovah, show us grace? favor by sending Jesus Christ, by sending his son to die for our sins so that we wouldn't have to pay the debt for sin. That was God's favor and grace. Isn't that amazing how that all works together? Glory to God. Uh, verse 14, and thou shalt have joy and gladness 
and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and this is talking about John, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. So he gets foretold right here. I want you to pay attention to that. He, he was born a Nazarite, a Nazarene, just like Jesus. And the Nazarites, they vowed never to take anything into their body that would uh, be detrimental to their body, to their temple, right? They were they considered it holy because it is. Our body is holy unto the Lord. And so anytime we put in it something in it that is that is contrary to what God wants for us, God never wants us to be in, intoxicated in any way. I just want to tell you that right now. He wants us pure, holy unto Him. Jesus was a Nazarite. John was a Nazarite. That means his family was a Nazarite. They vowed, we are not going to pollute this body. We're going to keep it holy unto the Lord. Amen? Glory to God. So he, feel, he was filled with the Holy Ghost even in his mother's womb. Verse 16, And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit of power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. This was John's task. So Gabriel said, you're going to have a son. His name will be Jehovah shows favor. And this is going to be his task. All this being foretold before it even happens, being ordained over John's life and over Zacharias as his father to make ready people prepared for the Lord. And of course, we see that in Isaiah 43. That's where this is being foretold. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. All That's that's in Isaiah 43, uh, chapter 40, verse 3. Glory to God. Now let's go to Luke. Luke chapter 1, verses 18 through 20 now. And here, uh, Gabriel has to... Uh, I want to say I want to say rebuke, but he has to kind of put Zachariah back in his, in his in his place because here Zachariah he kind of goes off kilter. Remember, he was a priest; he was faithful to God. But how many know that it don't matter how long you've been a Christian, no matter how long you've been faithful, faithful every day of your life, we're still flesh and bone. We are going to stumble. We're going to have mistakes, but the grace of God is there. Thank thank goodness that Jesus is there. That even if we deter, we can say, God, forgive me. I didn't even know what I was doing. Forgive me of my sins and then move forward. Amen. Glory to God. So let's read what happens in verse 18. And Zacharias said unto the angel. So remember, remember what the angel said. You're going to have a kid. He's going to have, he's the favor of God uh, on your life, your line. He's going to prepare the way for the Lord and he's going to be great among the people. Amen. So he says that and Zacharias says this back to the angel whereby shall I know this he's like what this doesn't make any sense for I am an old man and my wife well stricken in years um, if you recall in the Old Testament an angel came uh, angels came to tell other people the same thing if you remember Abraham and Sarah amen and, and they were well stricken in years and and they said you're gonna have a son and she just kind of laughed and he and they they were just like how is this gonna happen Amen? So when God says it, you better believe it's going to happen. When God wills it, you better say, okay, God, 
It's your will, not my will. We have to be obedient in that instant, in that season. We have to say, God, it's your will, not my will. And if you recall, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane also said those words. He said, God, let it be done. Your will, not my will. Amen. So we have to uh, submit to the will of God in our lives, no matter what that looks like, no matter how scary, no matter how uh, unknowing that is, it will bring forth good fruit in your generation. It's going to bring forth blessings of the favor of God beyond even you into generations and generations. So it's a very important thing. And it outlines it here in this, in these verses. So let me read again, verse 18 to you. And Zechariah said unto the angel, whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife, well, stricken in years. Verse 19. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God. I am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. When you look at the word glad tidings, those two words mean favor of God, blessings, truths, promises. He's saying, I'm Gabriel. I'm an angel of the Lord. I stand before the presence of God. Listen to me. What are you asking me? Why are you doubting in yourself? What can happen? I'm standing here before you. Isn't that enough? You know, we have we have to be uh, people of faith. And no matter how great the, the problem is, no matter how powerful it shows itself to be, God is greater than that. God is always greater than any circumstance in our life. He can make anything happen. All things are possible. Amen? All things are possible with, with the, the strength of God in us in Jesus Christ. All things are possible. So when God speaks, we have to just go, of course, you're the creator of the universe. You can make anything happen. How, why would I doubt for any of the things you say? Because if we believe this word, then we should believe everything God tells us in our lives. And whatever he reveals in this word to us, we must take it as truth and be obedient in that. Amen. So he says, uh, he says, I'm here to bring you glad tidings. Verse 20. And behold, thou shalt be dumb or speechless and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. So, so Zacharias, his, he, he gets his voice taken away until all these things are fulfilled because he didn't believe it right off the bat. And I don't think I have to go in any more explanation as, as far as what we need to do when God says something, right? Okay, God, it's your will. Uh, Mary was given uh, 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 the same kind of thing. Gabriel came up to her and said, you're going to give birth to a son and he will be called Emmanuel, the most, the most high, uh, the son of the most high. And he's going to save his people, right? And, and what did Mary say? Be it done unto me as you say, I am the Lord's servant. So there's, there's two differences there in the way they responded. So we need to make sure that we respond with faith and we respond with obedience. When God says, this is going to happen, I need, your, I need you to be part of this. And we got to say, God, I'm your servant. Let it be done as you say unto me. I'm here to serve you because I got to give it all to you. I, I don't own this body. You created this body. I'm a servant of the Lord. So I'm, I'm obedient. God, do it how you want to do it because I know when you do things, it's always going to be good, a good outcome. No matter what it looks like, it'll be a good outcome. And anything I do is not going to be a good outcome if I put myself before you. Glory to God. So now let's look at uh, verses 
the same verses here uh, in 20. He said, he said, you're, you're, you're going to be speechless because of your disbelief. So a uh, number three, number three <laughs> is don't let disbelief and doubt get in the way of God's blessings. Let me say that again. Don't let disbelief and doubt get in the way of God's blessings, his promises and his truths and whatever else he's planning in your life, whatever glad tidings he wants to bring to you during this season of your life, during the, the future of your life, and, and whatever else he wants to bring to the future generations of your family, don't let disbelief and doubt overtake God's blessings. God wants to bless his people. God wants to save his people. And that is evident through Jesus Christ and his coming. This is the account of John. Right after these verses, we see where the Gabriel goes uh, six months later to Mary to give her the news of the fact that she is going to give birth to the Savior. And then Gabriel says, hey, by the way, your cousin who was barren all these years is also going to have a child. You know, so I mean, it's, it's family connected. It's generations of blessings all the way back to Abraham and Sarah all the way back to the line of David. It's all these people that were connected to the blessing, the good tidings of God because of their faithfulness, because God chose them to be used. God is choosing you to be used today. Are you going to be obedient to his calling? Or are you going to say, well, God, who am I? I'm to this. I'm to this. I'm not enough this. That's exactly what Zechariah said. But when God ordains something to happen in your life, we just need to sit back and go, God, it's, it's your will, not my will. So God favors the righteous. God has a purpose for you. And don't let your disbelief and your doubt get in the way of God's blessings through those things that he wants to do in your life. Amen. If you want to make a lifelong decision to follow Jesus Christ, pray this with me. Dear God, I am a sinner. I am sorry and I repent of my sins. I accept your free gift of grace that was your son, Jesus, his death on the cross for the forgiveness of all my sins. Come and live in my heart and I make you the Lord of my life. Amen. If you pray, prayed that prayer with me, I want you to know that you're freed from sins. You're a, you have become a new creation in God because of Jesus Christ. The next steps are crucial. The next steps are very important. If you've made this decision to follow Jesus Christ and to follow him the rest of your life, find a good Bible preaching church. Get connected to the Christian community that believe in Jesus Christ and preach according to the full gospel of the Bible. Begin to study that Bible and then follow the Spirit's call for your life. I'm excited for you and your decision that you have made. And I'll be praying with you that God will lead you through the Holy Spirit to the full salvation knowledge that he has for you. God bless you.
Well, that concludes this episode of The Encounter. Thank you for taking time to meditate on the Word today. God bless you, and may the Spirit of God guide and lead you always.